Think about this, old dear. You got banned with some big names out there. You, Marjorie Taylor Greene got banned today. You walked in with giants, Jared. Giants, Trump. <laughs> you know, the problem is, is that they let them do all that crazy shit and they actually have impact on the world. We don't have impact on the world. Wanna know why? We're not elected officials who actually can rubber stamp something or sign something and actually enact something that's gonna affect people's bodies, livelihoods, and liberty and justice for all. Like these crazy ass crackers. Oh, I can't say crackers anymore. You get banned on Twitch for that also. Shout out to uh, Hassan Piker. You are some Patrick Mahomes, bro. Man, don't get me started, Patrick Mahomes, bro. That fool needs to, needs to, number one, stop drying his goddamn jeans so much in the dryer because them things is tighter than goddamn, you know. How does he fit his, like, I wonder how women fit their jeans sometimes. I wonder how Patrick Mahomes' brother fits his jeans. Because that motherfucker be wearing, wearing some skinny ass jeans and they over here trying to be a TikTok star. I'm like, you know, like you look like you six five, six six, man. Just go play some sports, man. Go be a regular, regular high yellow uh, mulatto Negro and go play some sports. Start the show. Oh, you know what, guys? Before we start the show today, finally got this in the mail from the Jersey dude. Shout out to Soul Raider, my homie Gabe. Soul did Raider. You wear it to, did you wear it today? I, I had to put it on for the show. So um I'm gonna Wait, I thought you had to put it on for the game. No, no, I gotta put it on for the show. I said I wear it every Sunday. Finally, I'm over a month late. Shout out to once again Soul Raider, <laughs> my very own Derek Carr jersey. Uh, if y'all don't know, I lost a bet. A Thanksgiving Day bet with my friend Gabe that if Derek Carr and the Raiders beat the Cowboys on Thanksgiving Day, uh, one of us would have to wear uh, the other team's jersey. The winner would have to purchase or bestow the jersey of any player they wanted uh, to their uh, to the loser. And so since I lost and the Cowboys decided to screw the pooch on Thanksgiving Day, uh, I get to wear a Derek Carr jersey for the rest of the season. Fortunately, uh, my friend, shout out to Soul Raider once again, Gabe, <laughs> who happens to also be a patron, shout out Monster to all our patrons, decided to order it from a crackhead because this motherfucker was over here multiple times saying, yeah, I'm, I'm sending it out today. Oh, it's being sent out in a couple of days uh, to the point where it wasn't sent out to the middle uh, of middle end of December, uh, even though. Yeah, what's the date on it? <laughs> I don't know. Let me see. What is the what does the post date say on here? 12 28 21 is expected delivery day. Uh, hold on. He just sent it out. <laughs> Postage was on the 24th. He sent it out on Christmas Eve. That's even worse. I'm a little bit disappointed that I got it, but you know what? At least it's, it's only for two weeks, so I got to wear this. Derek Carr jersey, number four. The realest Raider there is. Anyway. I thought uh, that was Jamarcus Russell jersey. Man, I should get a Jamarcus. Hey, hey, hey. Shout out to Soul Raider. Can I get a Jamarcus Russell jersey instead? Because uh, this is some old bullshit, man. Hey, when you gonna get that? Hey, you gonna get that Antonio Brown Raider jersey next? Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. You're listening to the High Score Five One Zero podcast. You can catch us at High Score Five One Zero on the Instagram, the YouTube, and on our Patreon at patreon.com backslash High Score Five One Zero. We are here with this is AG Three coming at you faster than Antonio Brown running, 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 running. So I want to get my guitar. And we are here with. Hey, everybody. Happy 2022. This is your favorite captain. 
And you're also your favorite truck driver. I'm off these medications, trying to make it into 2023. And my name is Jared, a.k.a. DJ Art, with two T's for a double dose of that tink tink. The D is silent, so it's just Jart. And I'm rocking my very own Derek Carr jersey today. So, uh, you know, shout out to Soul Raider for bestowing me with my own Derek Carr jersey that I have to wear till the end of the season. Oh, yeah. Uh, shout out to Derek Carr. One knee is for the team. Two knees is for Jesus. Derek Carr out there getting on two knees for Jesus. Anyways, uh, everyone doing well today? Everyone had a happy new year? Mm, no, I'm not doing too well. Yesterday, I started to go to the hospital because I wasn't feeling too well. Where my pipe? Get the pipe. <laughs> you love the pipe. Don't love the pipe. Like the pipe. Fight the pipe. I was trying to, I injected, somebody gave me this heroin, so I started to inject that to see if it made me feel any better, at least so I could get some sleep. <laughs> yeah, you get some sleep, all right. When you when you hit that pipe, did, did it make you feel like, I am delivered! Actually, I got that sleep. After I hit that heroin, I went to sleep. With the sleep? Oh, it's a sleep sleep. You got that good Bill no, Cosby sleep sleep. Woke up, refreshed. He got that Darren Sharper. He got that sharper, sharper image. <laughs> that was even worse, the Darren Sharper... Because remember when Darren Sharper, when somebody randomly who knew one of the girls, he was he that basically left like his booth and was walking, stumbling. And the guy knew her. She was like a former cheerleader. The guy who owns the bar went up and asked him. And this fool said to the dude, she she almost ready. That's what he said. She on that. Oh, he was like, man, what's up with her? He's like, she on that potion. She almost ready. That's the worst one. Man, that dude's a creep. I, I can't stand people. Yeah, that one, that one, I don't oh. know. That's some dark shit because because here's the thing. Here's the thing. He got women, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Easily. He was Easily. an ugly he was like, dude. Dude, he no. was dating Gabrielle Union before she before the whole Dwayne Wade thing. One of the women that he raped said her and her friend was hooking up to sleep with him when he raped him. Mm. It made no sense. And she slept with him before. She's like, I couldn't understand because I slept with him before. He just, darkness, dude. And, you know, he came from like a really smart and well-educated family he just man i don't understand it. It, yeah i don't we don't have to get into it but but like yeah it's like it's like bro like you're a handsome dude you had money he had he had a future in broadcasting because he yeah he so still same. Had he, was, he, he, he still was had good his head and, what you thought might have been his head on his shoulders but he was <laughs> he was good in broadcasting i enjoyed yeah. his commentary he yeah. was really smart and, was, uh, man he threw that just threw his whole career away he's like i like away. it i like it when the women don't move don't talk. Can't remember nothing. That's what I like. See, that might freak me out. I think he, you know what? He could have been, if he had a job as a mortician, he would have been sleeping with the corpses. That's what I'm thinking. He's, he, you know what? Maybe he just missed his calling. I need dead fish. That's what he said, man. He was sick. There's some sick bastards out there. He should have been vehicles, OnlyFans, uh, dude. Make an OnlyFans account for the, from Winston's Mortuary in LA. Jesus. <laughs> That's terrible. In news, in news, compliments of BSO, <laughs> Black Sports oh, Online, no. Robert Little Echo, a friendly tiger at the Naples Zoo in Florida, was euthanized by police this week uh, after hours. I don't know if you guys saw this article I sent you, but a cleaner, a zoo cleaner who was not authorized to be anywhere near uh, the tiger enclosure, 
um, had his arm bitten and was being pulled, arm pulled in through the, the fence. Kind of some Tiger King type shit type shit um and uh police arrived and they didn't have any uh what are those things tranquilizers so they had to shoot the tiger to save the man yeah so uh what do you guys think about that they should have just shot the man <laughs> there's outside cleaning service that was contracted with the zoo um he's supposed to be cleaning the uh gift store and the bathrooms and instead, he somehow made his way over to the tiger enclosure um, over the, the first rail and up to the fence. And um, yeah, I don't, they don't know if he was trying to feed the tiger or pet the tiger. Either way, um, I think that man may have been on some drugs when he went into work that day because <laughs> like, he was like, man, I'm gonna go hang out with this tiger. How close to this tiger can I get? It really makes you feel sad because it, it reminds me of Cat Williams talking about what did the tiger do? And in this case, the tiger didn't even break out of the enclosure. The tiger was in the fence in its enclosure when they had to shoot it and kill it. I don't understand why the cops just didn't videotape the whole thing like everybody else would. They have body cam footage uh, of, of the actual incident. Hey, they're not stopping crime right now. Crime is up. So why, why stop that? Just watch. <laughs> did you see the body cam footage, Jared? Yeah, I saw it. It was unfortunate because the man was sitting there screaming a whale. And I'm like, you deserve this shit. And then he's like, shoot it. Shoot it, please. And I'm like, no. <laughs> Why am I going to kill something? That's like, it, it's an apex predator, bro. You put your hand in the fence. What the fuck was you thinking? Hey, eye for eye or uh, shoulder or arm for a uh, tiger. <laughs> now, I'm not trying to I'm not trying to be like, you know, you know, uh, paint everyone with a bar. <laughs> I'm not trying to paint if everybody with the problem. Put your arm in a damn cage with the tiger in it. Guess where the arm should be? In the tiger's mouth. You are presenting that arm to the tiger as, as some kind of sacrifice. Exactly. I don't care how much a man is screaming. Yeah. That's life. I think there's an instinct in your body that says not to go close to that big ass cat, also. That's why I think this dude is on drugs. Cause like it's an outside cleaning service, it's in Florida. He's cleaning in the middle of the night. What else you got to do when you clean in the middle of the night other than listen to podcasts, shout out to our podcast, or do drugs? I think that fool's on drugs because there's no reason why you would do that. And then you hear him screaming, help, help, kill the tiger, shoot the tiger, help the tiger, get the tiger. This was, was in Florida. Florida. We don't know right? if he was on drugs, Jared. We need Jesus here to, you know, give, give us some, <laughs> we can give us some analysis on, on is that like a current thing, like a common thing people in Florida just be like, man, I'm going to try and see you know, you're trying to see how close to the tiger cage you can get. It's like a TikTok challenge or something like that. Anyways, uh, sadly, another tiger, another animal at a zoo in its enclosure was shot and killed. Um, I, I think it's safe to say they treat these animals worse than they treat niggas. In other news, our question of the day, let's get to question of the day. Question of the day, is the player empowerment movement ruining American sports? This weekend, Kirk Herbstreet was on ESPN calling one of the bowl games, one of these really important bowl games, actually one of the actual like big ones that actually has some ranked teams in it and, you know, has a little prestige to it and said, I think this era of players just don't love football. He was talking about uh, a lot of players sitting out these bowl games um, during these during the bowl season and not playing in these bowl games, not representing their alma maters or the universities and uh, giving it their all and finishing out the season. Um, in that way. So um, my question of the day is, is the player empower, empowerment movement ruining American sports? Um, according to Aaron, it is. I guess we got a lot of information now. I posted on Instagram a while ago. It's okay to tell little white lies just to keep tradition going. 
Uh, I was talking about Christmas. I was talking about people not knowing Santa Claus is not white. He is black. Problem is with today's sports, we have too much information, so it soils the game. I kind of, I kind of agree with Kurt uh, Herbstreit a little bit, just a little bit, mm-hmm. because with the money, the information, how big the money is, it's the problem in NBA. It's the problem with baseball. It's the problem with now college football. So it's, it's they didn't have it that way. They wasn't smart enough to get the information. So he's kind of sour about it. You, you see what I'm saying? He's bringing across his experience. But to have information, and if you can handle information, if you're smart about your money, smart about using your name likeness to get money, get the money. You know, it ruins my experience. I would like to see some good football. I watched Oregon versus, who did they, who did they play in, the, um, in their bowl game? Anybody know? Mm-hmm. Oregon was playing somebody that didn't matter. No, Oregon, come on, man. So in the first half, in the first half, you can see Oregon just mailing it in. They didn't give no effort. Nobody was blocking. Oh, they played Oklahoma. Oklahoma. Okay, so in in the first half, I'm like, wow. You can see one team looking like they're just mailing in. The other team looking like, hey, they're trying to prove something. It was the Midwest against the West. See, you know how they get all the twerks, you know, the perks and everything, being in Oregon and guys go there for the swag. You see the Oklahoma team that's, that's in the dirt, they're in the grime of everything. They was actually playing hard until the second half Oregon woke up. That was the kind of balance Kirby Hirschstreet was talking about. You got people just, it's just like you have no feeling for these bowl games if you don't get to the, if it's not the top echelon, it's not the, playoff game uh they feel like okay you just you just screwed us over i'm gonna get this money um f what y'all going through f the tv contracts and all that stuff i'm taking yeah. care of self which i agree on but it does taint it taints the sport it brings less less effort it brings i gotta take care of myself i'm not really thinking about the next man because i'm going into the future and i gotta protect my investment mm-hmm. so it's not it's knowledge it's not you're not playing for everything everybody's paying for knowledge these days mm-hmm. well let's see this is what he had to say we'll hear the actual clip the amount of money like what's the difference as a player in saying these games are meaningless when does we played in quote-unquote meaningless games i mean i know you guys were right. here a lot but i just don't understand if you don't make it to the playoff how is it meaningless to yeah. play football and compete isn't that what we do as right. football players we we compete so yeah. I, I don't know if cha- i don't know if changing and expanding it yeah. Is going to ch- change anything. I really don't. I think this era of player just doesn't love football. That's what I was about to say. We're dealing with a total men- different mentality when we're dealing with these um, student athletes nowadays, especially the football players. I mean, their whole mentality right now is about the championship, the playoff. We got to get into the, the CFB or the CFP. And because of that, they don't value the bowl games. Now, when we were coming up, Herbstreit myself, like to go to a bowl game was a huge reward for a fantastic season. That's what it meant. It's like, okay, your team played this well, so you're going to be rewarded by going to this bowl game. You're going to get a ring. You're going to get swag. Now kids don't really care about that. They're, they're, they, they have a sense of entitlement. And it's like if we're not going to the one that matters, 
then, you know, it just doesn't have as much value to them as it did us growing up. I, I think you phrased the question. You made the question bigger than, than, than this one issue, right? When you said player power movement, because I think this issue isn't really about player power movement. Uh, is player power movement, to answer that question, bad for American sports? Just some American sports. Like NBA, for example. Let me just say the names out. NBA, we saw two players leave because a coach got in their face and told them that they needed to have more effort. An older coach, a guy that's old enough to be my father's age, John Lucas, well-respected in the game. John Lucas, if Pedro knows this, John Lucas was one of those guys that saved a lot of NBA players' career, helped them get off drugs, and helped stay it off, right? And he got in Kevin Porter Jr.'s and uh, Christian, Christian Woods' face. And Kevin Porter Jr. left the stadium right after that. He didn't get their face to fight to disrespect them. He told them they ain't put out the effort. And he was right. They probably went out and partied all the night before. NBA has a player empowerment problem. I don't think a lot of the sports, some don't, some do. NBA is the one that really has the problem. Christian Wood refused to go back in. James Harden gets a a very, look, I like uh, Paul Silas, right? Junior. I like Steven him. Silas, I, you mean? Steven Silas. Excuse me. Paul Silas was his dad. Steven Silas. I, I like him as a coach. He looks really good, really knowledgeable. Really, he unlike unlike some of the coaches Pedro talked about earlier today, he knows how to run sets and plays and calls in the huddle. And James Harden quits on him before he even can meet the guy, right? Here you are, you got an African-American coach who's really good, and they quit on him. And so I think the NBA has a player empowerment problem. I don't think a lot of other sports do. Uh, as far as this situation with Kurt Herbstreit, uh, he was tripping, dude. He needs to understand that those games are exhibition games, right? They yeah. count for nothing. They count for nothing other than just to grease some pocketbooks that aren't the players' pocketbooks. It's different when him and Desmond Howard played. There wasn't as many bowl games. So it gave you another chance to shine a light, maybe to get some NFL scouting, maybe just to get, you know, just to have one more chance. That's what they have, the Shrine Bowl and the Senior Bowl and some of those other. Everyone don't make that. Everyone don't make the Senior Bowl, right? Mm -hmm. So back in the days, it was a big deal. Like bowl season was over January 1st back in the day. It wasn't, and it wasn't a lot of them. It was like, you know, four bowls on January 1st, a couple spring, spring throughout like December, just a yeah. few of them. It wasn't like now. Well, like- in, in the 19, let's put into 30 years ago in 1991, 90-91 season, there were 19 bowl games. Currently yeah. this year, there were 44 bowl games. So <laughs> I want to know how many there was in 1988, 1989, around the time I started writing, because in it's, 89. It's probably I- similar in the teens. I think it was less than that because uh, I know when Kurt Herbstreit played because like you finished third in your in your conference, you didn't play anything, no matter what your record was. 15, 15 in 1980. So See, throughout the that 80s, sounds about right. There's there's yeah mid teens, um, and I, mm. I think I think that's a fair assessment. It's like you have all these different money grabs where you have games that don't mean anything, and yeah, like maybe some of these games like the the bowl games between like the the ninth and tenth place team and the twelfth and thirteenth place team or something like that. Those like you know you want to like it's opportunity if you haven't played this team like this is a team we were looking at all season and we were comparing and fighting maybe to get in that bowl playoff we want to play against them like i could see that where you might like be like you know these players don't love football because it's opportunity for you to go against a team that you didn't get to play yet and that can kind of like rank you for next year or be like yeah we were better than that that team this season but at the same time when you look at the the number of different bowls like in six and six teams that that were playing in bowl games this year it is a meaningless game. There's no reason to feel happy about going 500 on a season. Yeah, you didn't have a losing season. That's what six wins means, that you won't have a losing season as a college team. But it doesn't mean that you're actually like playing for anything 
other than just, yeah, your own, like, you know, pride and honor. And and the reason why I ask is, is the player empowerment movement, you know, ruining sports is because a lot of this is being framed in the in the through the lens of analyzing the player decisions not to play or who they don't want to play for or where they want to play and when they want to play. See, I think it's different because college is amateur. Those players are amateur. They're not making money. Yeah. So they have the full right to be like, I'm not going to play. Like, I'm not yeah. going to pay for it. I'm not being I, comp- I They might have that. their after this year, they might be you know, getting their little endorsement deals to play. But yeah, they're not being played no, for. No, they they're got the endorsement deals, but that has nothing to do with playing. Yeah. Yeah. So they're still amateur. Whereas NBA and professional sports, you get a paycheck for showing up. Or if you're the NBA, you go on salary, so you don't have to show up. So at the college level, Kirk Herbstreit knows, you know, I think it's one of those generational things where he played in a time where they were okay with it mm-hmm. being where our bodies are being used. And they both were, I, I'm assuming Herbstreit was, was it quarterback? Herbstreit was quarterback for Ohio State, but he was a running quarterback. Okay, he's a quarterback, so he's the most protected player on the field, even though no, played in no, the time. no, they no, no, in the no, he, no, no, I'm, I'm, I'm just protected. saying he played in the and time. He was he was an option quarterback. Okay. He took more hits than his running backs. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> okay, fine, fine, whatever. It's not this is not the quarterback. This is not Tom Brady and the quarter Drew Brees and the quarterbacks you see nowadays. Mm-hmm. He got hit. Okay, he got hit. Desmond Howard was a superstar receiver, return man. These are guys that that the reason why they're on the TV to continue to push this. This product um, is because they loved the sport. They were stars or had great careers and they're known in the sport and they're they're good talkers and their money is derived off of them being able to talk about these games and events continuing. So for me, they're a little bit biased in their own pr- perspective on how they're analyzing these players not loving the sport. Because I'm sure if Herb Street and Desmond Howard came up in today's time, they probably would be like, yeah, like I might not play that game. That game's not worth it. Our team... It's not highly ranked. We barely had a winning season. I'm not going to play in this bowl game. And that should be fair. I think I think when you have the old heads as you age into becoming conservative based on how you lived your life coming up and you look at the new st- standard, um, like sometimes you might, you, you, you evaluate it as being them not loving it or, you know, I'm saying being entitled. And it's like, there might be that. There might be a little bit of that, but also like they're being entitled against what? A, a multi-billion dollar industry that is not paying them. Um, and so in that way, I think that, you know, the bowl games and 15 bowl games, the 44 bowl games, NCAA football, you know what I'm saying? And basketball making billions of dollars every year without paying anybody other than the people that work in the NCAA and the coaches like is, is fucked up. Well, you, and we, and we you also got to remember, Jerry, the money wasn't in the sport like it is now. So yeah. when those guys did play, they did play for love of the game. Mm-hmm. It wasn't, it wasn't, even though there was money to make a bowl, it wasn't what it is now. There's a reason why universities started selling out. Like Syracuse left the the big t- the Big East. Syracuse left the Big East. All, it was a football move. Syracuse is a basketball school, but they had a football team. And the president said, the president was like, we can make more money if we go to another football. Con- we got to go to a bigger conference that has football. That's why they went to the ACC. The money wasn't there back when, when those guys played, right? No, not, and I'm not talking about the money to grease your pockets, right? That, mm-hmm. that, that envelope that Chris Carter was getting at the end of each game. I'm talking about like the money still, it wasn't big time money like it is now. University mm-hmm. presidents are fired because of college football. Like that wasn't true back then. They did play for the love of the game. So he might have a little point there because they, but, but the circumstances were different. You know, with that assessment, he needs to, you know, preface it by being like, from my perspective and my experience, I don't think players love the game the same way. And that's fair. But 
to kind of the way he said it was kind of a, I feel like a little more condescending being like these players just don't love the game. And, 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 you know, they're, they're, they don't love it like he did. They don't, well, well, he loved it because he still got a job for it. And he even (laughs) had a job for it. Just like Tim Tebow love it because his legacy is built on that shit. Jake Paul came out, challenged Dana White, and said he will immediately retire from boxing and fight Jorge Masvidal in the UFC if he agrees to increase fighter minimum pay from $12,000 a fight, which it is currently, to $50,000 a fight. Also guarantee UFC fighters 50% of the annual revenues, which is over $1 billion in 2021. Provide long-term health care to all fighters. Basically said he will retire from boxing, not beat up any more former UFC fighters. Go into a UFC cage match against a current UFC fighter. Probably get whooped up. But uh, what do you guys think about that? Yeah, that's big talk, man. He know. How about I say the same thing, right? Hey, man, I'll retire too. I'll do that. I'll take a pounding for people. I ain't going to start rewarding this fool like he's Julio Cesar Chavez for this one thing he's saying. You're not going to force Dana White to spend his money. He's going to spend his money how the hell he want to spend his money. He certainly ain't going to lose money in the end, so... Jake Paul, I obviously think he's big enough that he could get Dana White to lose his money and this and that. No, you're not that big, Jake Paul. Who's stepping out like he wanted these. Like, who was those dudes, those two Italian dudes that got killed back in the day trying to start the first unions? Wait, hold on. You have to like he them, man. Wait, hold on. So my question is, though, you said, like, he's Julio Cesar Chavez. Oh, that's the boxer. I'm in Julio <laughs> Chavez. I'm in Cesar Chavez. Take the Julio you get a magic moment for you, silly ass <laughs> nigga. That was a good rant too. I was so like, I, I was like, wait a minute. I was like, did Julio Cesar Chavez fight for unionization of boxes or something like that? Man, uh, it's Cesar Chavez. You get better than me because I wouldn't know. I didn't know none of them Mexicans are. <laughs> Come on, <laughs> Cesar uh, Chavez. Uh, say that, yeah. Don't eat grapes. Don't eat grapes. Well, uh, um, you know, my sister was talking shit, Jared, about you because uh, Pedro just said Mexican, and and that's what she said when we were in L.A. She was describing somebody. She was like, yeah, I work with, you know, you know her? She worked with me, the Mexican lady. Even Jay Axe. Remember, Jay Axe said that this weekend. He goes, what, are, are people in the Bay Area posh? All my SA homeboys is Latinos and Latinx. Say Mexican. Mexican. That's only up <laughs> here in the Bay like Area. They think they be trying to act all prestige up here, Pedro. <laughs> all everybody from my nigga Fernando, my nigga, my, my nigga uh, Jesus. Uh, my boy, Jesus, remember Jesus Huaracha? Yeah, that's what you're talking about. Jesus, no, no, Huaracha? no. no oh. Jesus, I used to be in a band with. Oh, I thought you were talking about yeah. Jesus Huaracha that we used to work with. <laughs> oh, him too. Yep. I forgot about him. Mexican. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Mexican. Fernando from Susanco. He, uh, he used to say Mexican all the time. <laughs> Mexican. And so, anyway, yeah, I don't know, man. Yeah, that's just some, that's lip service, Jared. He ain't going to do shit. You know what? The, the issue is, is that. Jake Paul, it, like, although mm-hmm. I've had disdain for him and I still want to see him get knocked out, I'm actually rooting for him now because you know what? He keep beating up uh, these Negroes that they keep throwing at him or that he keeps hand-selecting. Never mind, I'll say hand-selecting. The other thing is, this motherfucker over here actually, like, talking some, like, real, like, fighter uh, equity and, and rights, which I think is, like, important. Now, granted, the fighters need to unionize themselves. They need to do it for themselves because they stupid. They, they ain't smart enough to to come together and do it themselves um, and demand it from the UFC. But the fact that he's bringing it to the forefront with his platform and his, and his following, and he's he's been having this back and forth with Dana White, I'm rooting for Jake Paul now. I'm just going to root for him now. You know what? You know what? Just like I root for Derek Carr with his Derek Carr jersey on, I'm rooting for Derek, Jake Paul from here on out. He, and I hope 
he helps push this uh, sport in that, that direction to get it unionized because that's what's going to make it, I think, the next level, top tier. And hopefully there won't be a player empowerment uh, ruining the sport in that way because it's already ruining it. John Jones hasn't fought in over a year because he's at odds about a contract to fight Francis Ngannou. Certain fighters, I, I, they, they'll I, shelf. I thought John Jones hasn't fought in over a year because he's taking PEDs. And, co and, and cocaine and going out there shooting guns with dogs. No, John Jones, uh, if y'all didn't know, John Jones, they had talked about a super fight. He had basically, you know, fought everyone in his division, had beaten everybody. Um, his last couple fights were a little bit close. And so people were like, oh, he might not have won those fights. But he had beaten everyone in the division. There wasn't really anybody else for him to beat. And Francis Ngannou was, uh, was a beast. And people won. He won the title back from Steve Miocic. Everyone wanted to see him fight. Uh, Francis Ngannou as like a super fight. That was something that was being negotiated last year in 2021. John Jones wanted more money than what they were trying to say. This is what we'll give you for this fight, which would have been one of the bigger pay-per-views in UFC history. And so he just hasn't fought. And he he had spent all of 2021, you know, building his body up to be a heavyweight. So instead of cutting weight no, no, no. And, and holding his weight down, he was building his body. He was running at like 235. He's like at a he looked big. He looked bigger. He, he also spent part of 2021 fighting off domestic violence charge. That happened after the fact that where they were holding him out for not not trying to get him I his know, title. I know. I'm just saying. Yeah, no, no. Yeah, yeah, no I, know, I know. I know. I know. No, he you, was, acted like, you acted like this dude actually clean, Jared. Clean and a, and as a, and a great human being, man. John Jones is a beacon of hope for black black America. John Jones is a beacon sports. of scum. <laughs> if I was Darth Vader, I would choke him from here. I don't hang out with him. I work with him, and that's it. I tried to introduce him to a few nice people. He made a fool of himself. I don't mess with him, baby. That's not me. <laughs> and not think twice about it. Wait a minute. Yeah. Is he, um, I didn't know he had a domestic violence. Man, he got all kind of shit. Uh, he though. had a hit and run on a pregnant woman, and then yeah. grabbed stuff out of the car and ran. <laughs> yeah. Pedro, this dude is a shitty person. Jared gonna bring up a shitty person to try to make an example. Out of. Oh, he's the yes, best. he has. Yes, he has inactivity. Yes, he's the best. But he's one of the shittiest human beings. I wish they treated him like they, like your boy did on uh, Banshee and get in a ring with him and just rip him apart. Yeah. Well, he's 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 the best best pound pound fighter in UFC history. Arguably, some people would say maybe one or two other people, but he's been the most dominant champion uh, and. Basically, it was like, I will go up a weight class to fight your heavyweight champion if you pay me the right money and they don't want to pay him. So, like, is that player empowerment or is that just, you know, fucked up uh, business economics by the UFC? I call that I call that Lucifer empowerment. Yeah, maybe. Well, well look, I'm not behind and not, not behind anything Dana White does because he's he's been doing his fight of dirty. Yes, I agree. Yeah. But I... Jake Paul might be writing somebody else's coattails on that idea. There's been several people to bring bring that up. Yeah, that's this he idea. Like he, he might he might be just using this to be viral. Well, well he's the, he's the, the like he has to like he Mother Teresa. Jake, Jake Paul is Mother Teresa. Jake, shout out to Jake Paul sponsorship. Come on our show. I'm rooting for you from now on. You fight a brother, I'm still rooting for you. Root for the brother first, and then still rooting for you. That's all he keep fighting his brothers. <laughs> he worse than Jerry, than Jerry Clooney. Uh, you know, y'all heard y'all heard. Uh, Logan Paul was like uh, called uh, called Floyd Mayweather a rat because he hasn't paid him yet from their fight. Apparently, is what he said. So, <laughs> team money, team money, team. Wait, who hasn't paid him? 
Mayweather hasn't paid Logan Paul, apparently. That's what Logan Paul claimed. I think Logan Paul got enough money where he might not realize they only sold like 10,000 pay-per-views. He only got like $3 million <laughs> from that fight. So it's like you get $3 million from this fight. But, you know, I think my biggest issue is that USC fighters are paid literally like less than 15% of the revenues. Like literally. It's like, I think it's the last the I saw it was like 15%. Shout out to CME Podcast. They also talk about it a lot. Um, but UFC is keeping 85 percent or more of the revenues that are coming in the minimum fight pay for a fighter is twelve thousand dollars a fight and like yeah there's there's a lot of low-end fighters that they're signing which is gonna there's more money they're gonna make from the smaller you know promotions independent promotions but you you're you're a disney backed you are you are in partnership with espn which is owned by disney so you are in collaboration and and basically being backed by disney mm-hmm. you would think disney shout out to disney sponsorship I will stop talking about this if you pay us. But, you know what I'm saying? Like, Disney, you don't want to be associated with, with poor work uh, labor practices. This is very poor labor practices. And, talking about, oh, hey, have you ever been to Disneyland? That's all they want to be associated yeah. with. That's how you get the I money I ain't never got. seen people dress up in characters and be so happy to be what they doing what they're doing. So I'm going to say they must be getting paid something decent. Maybe not the lady at the churro stand. I, my old roommate the, Travis. The my old roommate the Travis worked at Disney. The, they all make the same amount, basically. But dude. look at, look. Look at all the stuff that ESPN's been caught doing in their uh, in their uh, employment. <laughs> employment. Yeah, look at yeah, look at how many people they fire in and, and not fire. Well, they're downsizing. They can downsize, but they but they were they're yeah. paying them they're paying them pretty well when they yeah. were there. Disney, no, Disney has a pair company tripping over fat labor movies. Mm, I don't know. I, I'm gonna tell you this. There is uh, while Trump was in office, and 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 our friend Dana White was good friends with Trump. There was uh, some, you know, uh, what is it? What's the when when you have a monopoly antitrust stuff that was being pushed and started being pushed through the system. And Trump kind of helped slow that down. He's not a president. He's not a president anymore. So we'll see. Um, But, you know, the UFC has a antitrust lawsuit coming up and either the fighters are going to get smart enough to get on it and really start pushing it or they're not. Jake Paul is trying to bring it to the forefront and keep it in the forefront and remind them like he's not even a real professional fighter. He is now in quotes. But he wasn't even a real fighter as of a year and a half, two years ago. And he's making more money than any of those fools will make in their careers off of fighting four times. Um, and it's it's ridiculous. So I'm saying it's like $12,000 for a fight as a fighter. If you're lucky, you might fight three times a year. Some dudes might fight five times a year if they're like, you know, unscathed and they're, you know, running through. But if you're making $12,000 a fight and you're hoping to get a $50,000 or $25,000 fight bonus and you don't get it, you could be making... $36,000 before taxes. Well, the, um, the problem is he has a, a really... Well, the his, thing is, his, the thing is, his, Dana White won't let him fight in the UFC. Base. No, no, but you, Dana White will not let him fight in the UFC. Want to know why? He's going to say, you're not trained. You have to be highly trained to fight in the UFC, which means that if I'm highly trained to be able to fight in this uh, uh, promotion, then should I get paid a little bit more than this low-end nah, wage nah, nah, nah. for being you, highly You got to be trained. highly stupid, too. That's what he really said. You got to be highly <laughs> stupid. I mean, let's face it. Most of these MMA fighters, they got the brain cells of a single-cell organism, not the brightest stars in the sky. They 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 keep pulling. Look at the places where most of they, they fighters come from, right? Mm-hmm. Pedro drove out there the other day to New Mexico. <laughs> he knows where, where they're coming from. No, no. See, see you're not doing. saying it right, Aaron. You're not saying it right. It's New Mexico. I don't know what it is. There's Mexicans and there's New Mexico. No, no. How you? No, see, this is the problem. If you're going to call them Mexicans, you should also call it Mexico. Listen, it's New Mexico and there's Mexicans. Mexicans <laughs> live in L.A. 
New Mexico's a state. Installment of Mackin' with the Captain for us? What's it about? It's about saving gifts, saving gift money on the holiday. Um, so you guys out there, you're stressed, you're trying to figure out what to get your family or families pro or nieces and nephews or other kids that you may uh may have in another state that you didn't want to tell your other family about. Uh, this is how you save money. There's, there's, there's several ways you can save some money during the holidays. Uh, I'm hoping you guys already did it since those uh, holidays have passed. But if you haven't, to get prepared for next year, next holiday. First, first thing you want to do is tell them that you have joined a new religion, Israelite or your um, Jehovah Witness, and you stop celebrating and you're more focused on God. That's a trick that you can use. I've used that several times. <laughs> Another way you can save money, you can go to your local uh, Dollar Tree or your 99 cent store, whatever you have, your family dollar, your Dollar General, if you're in those lesser states, uh, you know, those states where tornadoes run through. You go in one of those stores, go to one of those general stores, get you a dollar, dollar box of uh, Christmas cards, write the, your kids' names on, you send them off. Daddy won't be home this year, but Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays. Or you can write on there, I'm never coming back, bitch. What I like to do normally um, during the holiday is just plain and simple, tell people that they're about to take my house and I got to put all my money into trying to pay next month's rent. That's the easiest way to get around uh, giving gifts for the holiday. You don't stuff the old fashioned way because you don't want to be lonely on a holiday. You kind of want to give everybody an excuse instead of saying, hey, we're going to break up. Uh, or I'm going to leave you. That's, that's the old way of doing it. Stop doing that. You know you're going to be with that girl and you want gifts from her. So way to trick her just telling you you've fallen on hard times you got to pay your rent or your mama's sick you got to help her out this season or uh your other girlfriend's sick you might have to help her out this season if you if you're a person like Aaron you have a lot of kids that you don't know about just don't pick up the phone <laughs> happy holidays breaking news <laughs> breaking news I Antonio Brown took off his jersey, his shoulder pads, his undershirt, gloves, and everything else other than the pants, threw it down, and walked off the field mid-game. Here's a video. He's taking the shoulder pads off. He's shaking it off by himself. Nobody else is paying attention to him. Throws the shit. Turns. He throw better than Baker Mayfield. <laughs> Come on. Mm -mm. Anyways, uh, so Antonio Brown 
had some kind of issue on the court, player empowerment movement, maybe. I don't know. And <laughs> left the game in the middle of the game against the Jets. Uh, maybe the Jets were just locking up on defense. Or maybe, like our friend uh, Sam Johnson said, Tom Brady used the N-word around him. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> maybe he was going to look for his guitar. Bruce Aaron said he will no longer be a part of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. What do you guys think about that? We all know if anybody used the N-word on that field, it was him. <laughs> you know what? The funny thing, a sideline reporter at the game uh, announced that the security thought it was a it was a random dude with no shirt on running on the field. And they were about to spring into action. Then they, someone noticed it was Antonio Brown. <laughs> just, it, this man has been sick before the Vontaze perfect hit. And he's been sick after it. And most of it's come after. Most <laughs> yeah, but most after. of it has came after. Nobody looked into this man's health. He's truly, truly hurt. And he truly has a mental problem. And I blame Tom Brady for not getting this man help. He let him live in his house. That's not help. He let him uh, run on that football field, run some routes for him. That's not help. Mm-hmm. He needs mental help. Tom Brady was using his athletic ability for his own, for his own good. Did not get that man no real help. You see he's sick. Everybody knows he's sick. Mm-hmm. And people are just take, still taking advantage of him to this day. That man needs professional help. Kanye West needs professional help. I don't know, all, man. I don't they've know. They've all been hit in the head terribly. I'm not certain what, like, what was going on that caused him to have the outburst. And that'll be the, the storyline of the week, trying to figure out what triggered him to basically it, say, it, fuck it, 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 I'm out. Does it matter, Jared? Does it matter? Because whatever triggered him, we know ain't big enough or ain't something that other players that probably didn't go through. It could have been it could have been one of his baby mamas trying to use use his car to drop their kid off to school where he's like, exactly, exactly. (laughs) Mush mouth, mush mouth. She mush mouth. I got these, I got these gummy dicks, you chicken head. (laughs) Yeah, throwing gummy dicks at it. It's okay, Poppy. And then telling your kids okay, but you throwing gummy dicks at their mama. So saying he's really it's, it's just he's messed up in the head and everybody's taking advantage of his uh, talent instead of getting this man some serious help. Yeah. In the video, Mike Evans tries to, like, calm down. Briefly. They said O.J. Santiago tried to help. I mean, not O.J. Santiago. O.J. O.J. Simpson. How O.J. Simpson. Is that his he, name O.J. Howard? He's one of the famous O.J.'s, Aaron. You should remember that name. I know O.J. Simpson. The problem is I felt O.J. Simpson in front of all their names. So I can never remember O.J. Howard. Mm-hmm. OJ Howard. They said he tried to talk to him. They said they tried to calm him down. It just didn't work. He wasn't having it. Put in Doc and Dominica Sue in front of him. See if he had crazy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Or uh what's his name? The other dude. The Samoan dude, Kilea Cavetti. This magic moment. Oh, Ve- Ve- Via Veda. Via Veda. Via Veda. That, that's a big Negro. I mean, not a Negro. Big. That's a big the Pacific Islander. You know what? If that didn't work, then you put Manti Tail's girlfriend in front of him. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he happily married now. Thank you. Go ahead, Manti Tail. Yeah, happily married to who? I haven't seen the ghost. No, I, I think they actually had wedding photos. I see wedding all right, photos. So he he have Manti Tail do your thing, man. Maybe Deion Sanders bring him in to talk to the team next year. Yeah. <laughs> Don't make up fake shits for for internet clout. No, he didn't make it up. He got catfished. Do you think he got catfished or do you think he made it up? I think he partially made it up. I think both. 
You ain't never met the girl. You don't start talking about, man, you know, I got this girl and she dying and shit. And I ain't never met her, but I love her. But that was life. the beginning of it, Jared. That was the beginning when you could easily get catfished like that. That was the beginning of no. it. And, and Manti Tail was like my nephew's age when they were meeting women online and stuff like that. And it was all still fresh and new. You go to chat yeah. rooms, just yeah, talk no, to no, a bunch yeah, of people. Yeah, but I'm not going to get on no TV network and start talking about the women that I'm talking he to He was really online. crying. He was really crying. And don't forget, he was super religious, too. So he didn't have to have this physical relationship. Yeah, I don't know. I'm still I'm just going to go out there and say that, uh, you know, saying regardless of which you ain't never met the person. OK, I'm just going to be like, I'm, I'm not, I don't know if I can just shout you out. I never met you. Nah, yeah, nah, nah, nah. The motherfucker was <laughs> that was, a, that, was that generation. See, like your age, man, I tell you a little younger than you, right? Uh huh. That's the generation when you did stuff like that. Maybe not really. I think he just got he could have got catfish, but you still don't be talking it up like that. I'm like, why are you talking it up? Like who? Who is this person? Oh, you never met them. Did he? Did he even like have like a like a like a video chat with them online? You know what I'm saying? Like no, he did phone. have a phone conversation. So they did. They did catch. Oh, he had a he had phone conversation. conversation. He had. A phone I think conversation. he had more than one, man. Well, uh, let's uh, let's pray for uh, Antonio Brown. The story is not over. Hopefully, this man gets some help. I feel like this was his last stop in the NFL. If he couldn't make it there with a team that was kind of loaded and had enough stability and star power to kind of like with Tom Brady and, and Arians, who's a player's coach, knows how to kind of handle personalities. If you can't make it there, like I don't think any other, there, there's plenty of other players that have had talent that have been, you know, basically once they kind of sour the milk, they don't, they don't get brought back in anymore. So he doesn't need to be back in the NFL. He needs some help. Yeah. He doesn't need don't, to get back in the NFL. He's, he's had too many shots at the NFL. He needs some help now. It's, it's time to stop playing. Yeah. Maybe, maybe they can get like a, um, uh, some really, uh, you know, forward-thinking reality TV producer can um, turn his story into some redemption story and they can make a TV series out of it so he can make some money off it and show people the path to get in some kind of, you know, help and enlightenment. But otherwise, I think this, this nigga might just be too far gone. No, he doesn't need to television. That's his problem now. He needs somebody to take him away and really help him. And yeah. I think the NFL needs to pay for everything. Cutty Corner shoutouts, Cutty Corner shoutouts, Cutty Corner shoutouts is the same we on the show on where we get a chance to rant, complain, or just highlight something that's been uh, positive. So Cutty Corner shoutouts, Cutty Corner shoutouts. It's, it's, it's time. Cutty Corner. We're burning now. God, if you listen, help. So cold and bleeding now, now, now. I'm in for this, man. Gonna let you down. Aaron, do you have a Cutty Corner shout out? You know I do. You know I do. Seems like this one always comes up after after New Year's. Part one is my Cutty Corner shout out goes to the NHL and a so-called winter classic. Two years ago, they had problems with the they had it in Tahoe, not realizing the altitude of Tahoe and how even though that it might be snow on the ground, how much that sun melts to ice. This year, they, they, did, they, they were like, oh, well, let's not make that mistake. Let's go someplace we know is going to be cold. So they decided to have the game in Minnesota, right, for the outdoor winter classic. It was at one point negative nine degrees. They had to have special rods under the ice to heat the ice up. They were putting stuff around the players' ears to keep them from suffering from frostbite. It was a miserable game. There were courts running all across all kind of ice and stuff because they were trying to put heat lamps 
on all the benches. They had look like industrial heat lamps to try to keep the players warm in the penalty box. It was all bad, man. It looked miserable. The fans' beards, you know how you see people with beards that are frozen over? Beards frozen, snot on people, nose frozen. It looked awful. And of course, hockey people are like, like, that was the greatest thing ever. No, no, you guys probably caught COVID and half of you probably got frostbite in some of your digits. NHL, give up the Winter Classic. You're trying to sell us on this false belief that hockey was an outdoor game. No, it's an outdoor game for amateurs. NHL's always been played indoors. You don't see basketball like, hey, man, we got to have a Winter Classic and play a game outside. Park. Yeah, Rucker Park. <laughs> no. No, NBA says this shit is made for indoors with a lot of stands and getting getting paid, right? And being comfortable, not being uncomfortable. Hockey just has an issue with that. But anyway, my last cut of corner shout out. One goes out to Betty Wright. Thank you for being my friend. The last of the Golden Girls. Uh, thank you for keeping me laughing even after everything from uh, Lake Placid to just everything you've been in. All the Ryan Reynolds movies to help, help him be funny. Thank you for that. Because I know he could get annoying at times. And then another thank you to John Batten. John Batten, uh, you know, I got into football in the late 80s. And I want to thank my brother-in-law for helping me get into it. He helped me. It all started with a trip to my grandma's funeral in 88 and me buying a pack of football cards. And then from there, my love affair grew, met Pedro, and then we and then we got John Batten. And I got to listen to John Batten call games. And then, you know, my brother, I'll be in a Raider fan, my dad, I always listened to John Madden, But then when his video game came out, we had it. The, the, the first John Madden, it didn't have a number on it. Pedro remembers that one. We played it that my sister boyfriend used to get pissed because I would be Philadelphia. It didn't have the names in the game, but it had all the players. It didn't have every team. But it had the cards and it had the stats there, their ratings on it with the cards. And uh, you had the hands team. That's how you subbed out. You called in hands, jumbo. And John Madden taught me a lot because I used to put out the jumbo formation while in shotgun for some stupid reason. Realized that don't work. Right. My sister boyfriend get mad when I beat Pedro in Philadelphia running around Randall Cunningham throwing bombs to some weak receivers. Uh, but John Madden, it, he was there for us. Then when John Madden 92, remember we got John Madden 92 on Genesis and it was just like, man, you know what? The man loved football and he, he loved improving. He wanted to make sure it was 11 guys on the field for his football game. He broke down games. Uh, but I, I just want to thank John Madden, Betty White, but just thank you. That's my, it's a melancholy shout out to everyone and everyone that lost loved ones in the past year and, and the start of this year. Just, uh, you know, keep moving, keep taking it day by day. Pedro, do you have a Cutty Corner shout out? Yes, I do. This Cutty Corner shout out, just real quick, um, goes out to global warming. I know I've done several, but I was on my way up to Albuquerque this weekend, thought I was going to beat the storm. The storm outran me. <laughs> the storm outran me going up into Flagstaff. It caught up to me. It wasn't bad. It was only accumulated about maybe two or three inches. But that's that's not the point I'm getting to. For those that, that had the devastation in the West, tornado, everything touching down, and the, the crazy fast weather, the, the out-of-control fires in Colorado, the warm air in the Gulf, of texas is 82 in texas and 50 here in arizona <laughs> how the hell does that make any sense okay i was coming back when i returned on my trip back 
I looked over a cloud and we got a, a park, South Mountain. It's a big hill out here and everybody goes up there. Called South Mountain. If y'all would have seen this cloud, and I seen it at night, it was so dark and it was so black that if Jesus came back, he wouldn't be able to see him through that cloud. That cloud was, it looked like diesel smoke. It was completely pitch black. Um, other than that, uh, my, my other cutting quarter shout outs, I wasted a lot of fuel going around, uh, went the Southern route to come back into Phoenix. When I tell you it was monsoon type rains in the winter, monsoon, in the winter time, it was 50 degrees, winds, winds 20, 20, 30 mile per hour winds on and off. It was crazy. It was it was nuts driving um, New Year's Eve or New Year's New Year's Day and New Year's Eve early New Year's uh, Day. Uh, the weather was so crazy, um, and I, I can't even imagine what the people, poor people were going through in these, these northern states where where you got snow in Seattle that's what two three feet deep. Yeah, uh, Tahoe. Uh, Jared's been up there snowed in a couple of times. Death dig through the door. We had that same situation this weekend. Like I said, the fires in Colorado, the tornadoes in Tennessee. Um, I don't know where we had it, but you see, Mother Earth is trying to cleanse herself of all this, all this Z coronavirus, all this crap. So for the new year, just be careful. Um, I know you guys want to get out and party and everything. Just, just be mindful of the travels and everything because it was, it was nuts. My Cuddy Corner shout out goes out to uh, I don't, I don't know, there wasn't anything. Oh, you know, mm, there wasn't much going on this week that pissed me off. I'm trying to think what pissed me off. You know, I was in a good place this week. So so my Cuddy Corner shout out is going to go out to, uh, you know, just family. Enjoy your time with your family. You know, we've seen, like Aaron said, John Madden, uh, Betty White, you know, just enjoy the time you have and. There's too much politics being played right now. Just, uh, you know, let's get back to some of the good old old fashioned American values of love, peace, education, tolerance of others. Jesus. But yeah, my cutting corner shout out goes out to just, you know, saying I had a great, great uh, winter break hanging out with family. So it was nice. It was good. Ate a lot of good food. My other cutting corner shout out goes out to me because I'm going to have to go back to the gym and really work off some of this. This, this food I ate, I was eating heavy, rich foods for about two straight weeks, and I can feel it. I can feel it in my jowls. I can feel it in my ass. So I'm about to get back on it. 2022, here we go. And, uh, oh, shout out to Ghislaine Maxwell being uh, being found guilty on five or six charges. Uh, oh, other Cutty Corner shout out. My Cutty Corner shout out goes out to uh, all the people that were on Ghislaine Maxwell's books that are not going to be in trouble because she's going down. I guess that's why you have her uh, and, and Epstein as your uh, as your brokers of underage or, you know, you have them as your broker for whatever it is you was looking for. Um, but, yeah, you know, there's a lot of people that hung out with them and probably did some unsavory things. And some of the testimonies said that certain people had interactions with them. So uh, my kind of shout out goes out to the process. And are these other people that were part and taking part in paying Ghislaine Maxwell and Jeffrey Epstein or helping subsidize their programming, if you want to call it that. 
um, are they going to get any kind of uh, repercussions or any kind of consequences? Or we're going to close the book right there? Because that's what it sounds like it's going to happen. We're going to close the book right there. He did. She going to prison. She might end up dead in prison. And then we're just going to, you know, end it all right there. There's no books being written. We're going to close that book. So uh, maybe we'll find out more. Maybe we won't. But as long as uh, Matt Gates is still walking around, we know what's going to happen. The last link in a broken supply chain is a broken window in the front of a Nike store where some hood rats are engaged in snatch and grabs. funny story about Betty White. So when when they were figuring out who was coming on, like uh, Rue McClanahan and B. Arthur, they were like, you know, contemplating, talking about taking the, the Golden Girls gig. And they're like, well, who else is going to be in it? They told them Estelle Getty. And then they said, and Betty White and Rue McClanahan and B. Arthur thought about leaving. They, were, they didn't want to be on the show. Not They had nothing against Betty White, but they were like, oh, this is going to be, because, you know, Betty White kind of kind of like stole scenes in the, and because, you know, she's just a great phenomenal actress, not intentionally or anything, but she kind of like took all the attention when she was on the Mary Tyler Moore show and other shows she was on as like the, as like a secondary character or one of the lead. They were afraid and they were like, okay, so you're calling it Golden Girls, but we know it's going to happen. It's going to become the Betty White show. And they thought she was going to, she was, they, when they hired her, she was going to have the Blanche Dubois, you know, because that was kind of her role in Mary Tyler. And they're like, no. Betty wanted to be the airheaded one. And they were shocked. And they were like, what? Okay, we're in. And so just a crazy Betty White story. Shout out to Betty White. The Betty White. A beautiful white woman. Yeah. Jared, Jared um, over there doing a podcast in the dark, like he's trying to be romantic. Yeah, but well, Betty White, um, they tried to blackball her because you know she was letting Negroes have too many, uh, too many uh uh, I guess having too many roles on television shows or whatever she was doing in the past. She let mm-hmm. some Negro who's probably getting some BBC from. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you have too much space and they got mad at her. Now, this is an actual story because I heard her talk about it. But she was so talented, you couldn't. There was no, there was no black, you don't blackball talent. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she was, she was massively talented. Everybody liked her. And she drove a uh, 1979 Cadillac Seville, baby blue custom. It was a story about her car. She had this cool, this cool, clean uh, custom Cadillac Seville. And I think Danny Trejo, uh, I'm probably messing this up. But I think Danny Trejo either, she either redid it or bought it off of her. That was a cool story. Danny Trejo. It's Trejo. No, no, Jesus said his real name is Trujillo. 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 Jesus ain't even a real Mexican. (laughs) (laughs) He'll be proud to say he isn't, too.